Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a creature, give it the piccolo treatment, and set it loose on the world. My name is Matt. And I am still Emperor! Hi, I, uh, I'm, I'm Penny, and they made me wait outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, for, yeah, for the 50th episode, kind of a, our first major milestone, I'd say, other yeah. than the year, the anniversary episode last year. <laughs> And, and our second, the second episode, episode. the next episode. <laughs> the next episode. Um, yeah, we decided, to, I, I decided to bring my wonderful partner Penny in on this. Um, and uh, just get a third perspective in this, just to see how that went. We'll see. I mean, I like the movie. I've always liked the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good. I, I had a uh, one of those puffy VHS tapes. <laughs> oh, the, oh the yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I had one of those of it, and... Um, fun little side thing um none of my family liked any of the darker jim henson stuff. oh this or labyrinth like any that and the uh wizard of oz 2 oh they yeah hated those return to oz yeah mm-hmm. return to oz yeah so they just quietly gave me all of them <laughs> <laughs> they were just like they're too creepy and you like that sort of stuff so here you go we never want to see them again <laughs> i'd say you you kind of yeah, won you out got, on you that. Got the advantage because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> those are the good ones <laughs> yeah they're, they're really good i used to watch them all the time and it got to the point where they were like can you just not watch those where we can see them i was like they're not gonna hurt you <laughs> they're good movies <laughs> The scissor people from Return to Oz can't hurt you. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they were horrifying. The wheelies, I think is wheelies, what they're yes. called. Yeah. yeah. They were they were always like really creepy and I guess they were actually from the books. Yes. I know yeah. we're talking no, about re- something else but Like Return to Oz is based pretty heavily on on the second Bomb book, like mm-hmm. more even more so than the the mm-hmm. first one, the first like Oz movie. And I thought everything was I, I liked the se- that one yeah. Return to Oz so much more because <laughs> it was just yeah. Very... Well, it's it's very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's unsettling. Yeah. Well, like that, that's that was the um, for this movie that was kind of one of the big sticking points with Jim Henson was a lot of people didn't like it because it was too frightening, especially parents. They, it wasn't Muppets. It was yeah. They thought it was too yeah. scary for their kids. But Jim Henson really wanted to drive that home because he he thought that a lot of kids enjoy being scared, mm-hmm. and regardless, fear is a very good, like, a very important emotion for kids to experience mm-hmm. and learn how to to deal with and kind of, you know, just just kind of learn. Yeah. So. And, and Frank Oz was always trying to push the, the Muppet brand into doing darker, more adult stuff. Like, that was one of his big pushing points. Right. So. And... I mean, what do you? What does everyone remember the most about Dark Crystal? It's the Skeksis. Oh yeah, like they're yeah, they're, they're very all memorable. Unique. They're horrifying to look at. They have some really neat quirks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just yeah. That, like, like the the Skeksis are more memorable than our main character. Oh like, yeah, absolutely, by far. absolutely. Well, the Except, main like the maybe main... when he's sitting around naked by that pool and you can see all the ball <laughs> joints. But... I, I, I did like a double take, like an I, I was like, I always forget that part. <laughs> is <laughs> just this naked child... puppet just like? Ha. Yeah, is this child <laughs> naked playing a flute? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, he yes, is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. It, it's it, it's a much darker <laughs> it's a much darker movie, and it, it it does make it very memorable. It it really uh, like it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. It sticks mm-hmm. with everybody. Um, I mean, the the Gelflings, the main characters, are kind of forgettable because they were probably the least threatening or or alien looking. They, they've got because they are supposed. To, Jim Henson specifically made them 
as close to human as he felt comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Um, because so no human characters. I mean, no, this, this movie is, was everyone's a puppet. <laughs> this movie was marketed as the only movie to the low, only live action movie to not feature any humans in it. Right. Yeah. And um. And, and uh, sometimes that is to the movie's detriment because I think it would have been better if Jen and um, Kira Kira were human. Yeah, I I could see that. I I I could. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to comment on that, but um, it's just it's hard for them to emote at times because it, it the very are much stiff. is. It very much is. I know they said that they really wanted this to be as non-earth like so yeah, yeah. foreign but yet still re- like the main character still related. Yeah, they, yeah that's why they they were the most subdued as far as the kind of the alien designs go um because they were also the conduit for which the audience would explore yeah. the world in yeah and that's also partly why they're just so bland and blank mm-hmm. because that's just what happens when you have a, a character that the audience is supposed to impose themselves on yeah but like i can just say that I would have preferred them human just because they are a little unsettling to look at, uh, that, even as a kid. Eh, like that didn't, I, I didn't, doesn't bother me too much. It's just it's so hard for them to, to get any sort of emotion out of it, and that's why you have so many scenes of Jen like thinking to himself and with right. voiceover, and of him just walking slowly through the swamp and walking slowly through the plains and climbing a mountain. Fair, fair. I I know they I think they said something about in the documentary I watched. Um, they were saying that they did a lot of those shots so that you could see more of the world without mm-hmm. Jen's having to explain the world or them doing the like the introduction in the beginning where it wasn't like and this yeah, just is a this huge place. narration. Yeah, they actually made a whole map. Oh of yeah, the oh world. yeah. And and it was just I think they were like I I believe it was Jim Henson said that they needed to know every aspect of the world even though they didn't show it so that they had could have confidence in those scenes Mm -hmm. right right yeah they they a lot of what they came up with didn't make it to the screen but yeah but they had in order to portray the characters the way they wanted to the characters had to live and breathe in that world and therefore the the actors and performers had to also know that world yeah yeah and like every other creature in the movie is great it's just the the Gelflings are just kind of bland, bland, and it, like especially Jen. Jen is such a wet noodle of a protagonist. <laughs> he he's very blank slate. Like there's just so many times where <laughs> I was like, oh my god, think and feel for yourself, my guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about their designs as oh, we yeah, go through yeah. here, but. Um, let's go ahead and dive in, uh, if you guys are ready. Um, of course, the movie directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz it was written by David Odell and Jim Henson. Which does make this our second Frank Oz movie. What was the first one? Little Drop. That's right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, Creature, call- Creature Crunch callback. Yep. Um, the movie had a, had a measly budget of only $15 million, which... When I heard that and like was watching doesn't the movie, seem right. <laughs> no, it's like, oh my god, look at these elaborate sets and mm-hmm. props that they did with just fifteen million. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was the budget of Tremors too. Yeah, and look at like if you compare the two, it's just—I mean, I, I mean, I, there's a there's good, a decade between. Yeah, those there's two more of the decade, but still, it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, but the movie did kill at box offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
worldwide, uh, making good for, a little over forty million back. Eventually, yeah, Eventually. it wasn't a big hit upon release. No, um, but it's made that back since. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 definitely turned a huge profit. Yeah, so. it, it wasn't necessarily like a bust when mm-hmm. it released, but it was like I, undervalued. I want to say it was like the. Th- third movie in the third highest grossing movie in the the weekend it released yeah and then i think it moved up to second the second weekend mm-hmm. but no it, it wasn't a huge you know yeah no, just no. A, it wasn't a bust and it wasn't a bust out no it, but... it wasn't like the muppet movie right the muppets or the yeah the muppet movie that's the first one um because that came out swinging and just made buku money yeah and this was not but at the same time this also wasn't labyrinth which did not do nearly as well <laughs> sure um, but we begin the movie with a narrator telling us that a thousand years ago, the crystal cracked and a shard of it was lost. This narrator has the best fucking voice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to, I would listen to this dude just tell the story of the movie. <laughs> right, I'm just sitting there I was like, and then what happened? Yeah, yeah, he's got a good storyteller voice. Very soothing, but also gripping. It's, it's like this deep, like, baritone, like, liquid voice. Yeah. Another world. Another time in the age of wonder. Like, I was waiting for them to just show this scene of, like, this huge battle and, and him just, you know, monologuing over it. But, I mean, it didn't even <laughs> need that. But that's just kind of mm-hmm. what, how his, you know, the way his voice comes across is just like, oh, God. Oh, no! <laughs> he continues on saying that the uh, this event brought the world into darkness and created two races the Skeksis and the Mystics. The Skeksis, uh, he says that he, they took over the tower that the crystal is housed in, although I, I, upon further research, it says that they built it around the crystal. Right, so, yeah. But, Who knows? Um, and they used it to lengthen their lives and rule the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a bad job of this, yeah. and there are only ten left. I don't know how many there were at the start, but I'm assuming it was more than ten. Probably a few more than ten. I, I imagine just, I think they tried to establish that there was a lot of infighting and, you know, well, wanting to gain status and things like that. So that's why some of the other ones probably died. Yeah, the, um, again, when you, there's a lot more history, um, of course, obviously, because they've done graphic novels. And the prequel and series. The prequel series. Which I have not seen. Yeah, I Neither have I. Um, I've heard but, it's really good. I haven't had I just chance, haven't seen it. But. but they've done a lot of other, like, world building oh, yeah, on yeah. top of what they already had built. Yeah. And from what I was reading, like, the Skeksis are, yeah, they're very much, they're very vain, they're very mm-hmm. paranoid, they're very um, just concerned about themselves. So, yeah, infighting could, is an absolute possibility. And, and if not if not completely implied, it's outright stated. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, there's only ten of them left. Uh, meanwhile, the mystics live in peace and are living the way of natural wizards. Yeah. Um, the Skeksis did a bad job, and now there are only ten left. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, right away you get the connection between the Skeksis and the mystics, whatever their actual name is. The Uzu. The, Uzu. Um, Uru. 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 I don't, hold on. Uru. I don't remember. There's a Uru? lot of, there's a lot of, like, actual names for things that didn't show up in the movie. Like, the, the um, name for the mystics is mentioned, like, once at the end of the movie, because when the Skeksis are running around and, like, having their panic attack, they're like, oh, no, it's the Uru, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think they're, it's, I don't even know if that name is mentioned in the end credits. 
I don't think so. It's just no. Like, they're they're listed as the Mystics. Yeah, just and just like the up. the actual names of the Skeksis aren't mentioned in the right, movie right. Like, I, and they, they all have not only like their titles, but they have names. Yeah, Uru. I that was really cool. Uru. 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 U R R U. Okay. With Uru. the with the second R being capitalized, which is unique. That's and that's another like thing with the, the names of stuff in here is there's just random capitalization in the in the middle of words like it, the Skeksis their names are all Skek something yeah it's and not the, random it, there, there is a system to it yeah. but it's not it's not the typical yeah like English capitalization of pronouns that we are used to which is I think very neat it, it's interesting especially like since I, it doesn't come up in the movie at all it's just no. stuff that you have to look into and find later <laughs> right but yeah the, the Skeksis and the uh, the Mystics are connected they were one race that got separated into two. We, but we don't technically find that out until we, the yeah. end. Right at the end. Yeah, it's they, implied pretty heavily. Yeah, they ha- <laughs> right from the start. It's yeah. not that sure. much of a... It's, the it's only person a... who doesn't realize that that's what's going on is Jen. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but Jen is kind of... Poor guy is sent out. He's a wet noodle. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's a wet noodle of a man. <laughs> like, I feel like he's with these really smart people and they're like, we'll teach you math and reading and writing. But nothing about your destiny. And, and <laughs> by the bad. way, no one else in the world writes things down, so that is the most useless skill ever. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I, else has forgotten how to do that, but you'll be the one who knows, dude. Right? Cool. I, it, it's, yeah, it, it's so weird that the, the entire world is like, we're just going to try and survive the Skeksis. But meanwhile, the mystics are like, we're still going to... Well, it like the narration says that the mystics don't know why they still do this stuff. They just do it. And that's another link between them and the Skeksis. They're both acting out these roles continuously without knowing why, why? they're doing it or what the purpose is. Like the, the Skeksis are driven purely by their desires and their wants and their gluttony and stuff like that. And the mystics have basically given up and just gone fully ascetic. Right. Right, yeah, they've they don't have personal possessions. They no. they have no earthly ties. They just they just are. Yeah, yeah, they're not heroic characters at all. They're not like going out to save people or anything no. like that. They're just existing. They're and, very druidic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, both races leaders are dying. Mm-hmm. The the wisest of the mystics and the emperor of the Skeksis. Um, and now we'll we'll talk a little bit about the the design. Yeah. Um, there, there is a, a massive amount of information oh, regarding sure, yeah. the design and conception of pretty much everything in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, like five years worth. Yeah, it, it was in development for five years, um, active development for five years, mm-hmm. um, and there's just a lot. I mean, it's Jim Henson. You know that that's his stick is puppetry and yeah. animatronics and more puppetry yeah, and yeah. props and stuff. And he's not shy about that. He's he's very upfront, and you know you can tell that he and his entire team all find it very fascinating. They understand that it's very fascinating, so they're not, you know, they they're pretty forward with it. So there is just a massive amount of information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't possibly cover it all no, in this no. podcast, so um, we'll just kind of touch up on a few things and whatever you guys want to kind of bring yeah. out. But um, the the Skeksis themselves, their designs were uh, each individually based on the seven deadly sins, uh, with liberties taken to fill out the remaining three, because, you know, there's only seven yeah. deadly sins and there's ten Skeksis, but... But there's the... Let's see, there's the Emperor, the Chamberlain, the General, who is also the... Um, the New Emperor. The New Emperor, and the the Master of the uh, Bug Guys. 
No, uh, the uh, oh, yeah, the Gartham. Gartham, yeah. Gartham. No, I thought the Gartham leader or the master Garth or the Gartham master was a different person than the general. He, I think there's a second one appointed, but the oh. general is listed as as all three things. Oh, okay. Uh, there's the ornamentalist, the gourmand, the so- the scientist, the scientist, um, the ritual master, and the scroll keeper, and the slave master, and the slave master. Yep. Yeah. So, and they were all. Inspired by the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. um, plus science and <laughs> having podlings, <laughs> Sl- slavery. I, I, think, I think it was like, let's take something like neutral or good, and then flip it to the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So it's like science can be all great and everything until it's hurting people and hurting mm-hmm. others, and it's just for you know one person's gain. I think that's kind of what they did because even I think they said it's like, well, we have ten. Skeksis. Mm-hmm. We need. To... <laughs> they, I've I've read I've read two different sources saying that uh, that like Jim Henson straight up said like we had to duplicate some sins. Yeah. And other sources saying that they had to make up new ones. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he said it was a little bit of both. Probably. Too. Yeah. Was... The truth is, as ever, somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but I mean, that's yeah. it, it, they're inspired by yeah. them. And then so. their opposite number, the mystics, are joined as well because like. The opposite of the gourmand is the mystic, the cook. Oh, okay. Who is they that one mystic who's making the like the thin broth, and the opposite of the ornamentalist is the weaver who makes their like burlap sacks. Oh, I didn't catch Some that. Some of them are linked like very tenuously because <laughs> like the opposite of the ritual master is the um, the chanter, who's the one who starts their howling. I can say it. Yeah. Oh, but... the, the, what is it called? The throat singing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't know all of the mystics. Those are the, just the ones that... Right. But... They're, well, they're, they don't have as as unique of no, designs they're... from each other. No, they don't. Um, and we don't spend enough time with them to get to know them on individual levels. Yeah. I think there was one called, like, the hunter or the huntsman or something. I was like, yeah, that's... what do you do? You move it, like, too much. He's <laughs> from the, uh, the prequel series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's he's like the only one that actually goes and does things. Okay. <laughs> Everyone else just kind of lays around at the the mystic camp and you know is a big arm, four-armed armadillo man. Um, the most of the creature designs in the movie, in fact, almost the entire aesthetic of the designs, were inspired by and based on uh, paintings by Brian Frode mm-hmm. in the book Once Upon a Time. Um, and so much so that Frode was brought on as a concept artist. Yeah. So he had a pretty heavy hand in working on all of this. Um, and he, Frode would actually meet, uh, his future wife, Wendy, um, Midner. I think that's how you pronounce that, Midner. He, he met his future wife, Wendy Midner, on set, who was a puppet designer. Um, and they, obviously, they later married and had a, to- a son, Toby Frode, who would end up working on the prequel series in mm. on Netflix. So, okay. Yeah. I do I think thought it that kind of sucks neat. that the prequel series is on Netflix, but the main movie is not. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> it's like, hey, I... I... <laughs> it's also not on Disney+, Plus, which is insane because they are the ones who own the Muppet stuff right, right. now. Right. So it... I don't. I, I think it goes a lot into how my family silently gave me yeah. all of the scarier Jim Henson <laughs> stuff. I think it was like everyone else is like, yeah, this is based off of something creepy, but we'll just let you, de- you know, if you're really into it, you can go do your own research. <laughs> um, 
but uh, but yeah, did we uh, do we want to talk about any more designs right now, or do we? Uh, wanna... we should, let's talk about like how what the Skeksis and the okay. Mystics look like. Sure, because the Skeksis are lizard birds. The, yeah, they lizard were they're bird lizard dragons? lizard bird dragons. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they're like predatory birds, which I think they look like vultures. They've, they've got yeah. vulture heads. Yeah, yeah I thought I always thought they were it was just straight up birds. I yeah. never really saw the lizard in them, but then again, I mean. I, Lizards and birds are yeah, relatively yeah. similar. I mean, we don't see too many of them naked. Just well, we one. see we see the Chamberlain <laughs> without his robes on, and he's and, very scaly and reptilian looking. Sure, they've got fucked up claws. And... Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> they, they do. Claws. Yeah, they do have four arms. Mm-hmm. So, um, just like the Mystics, the Mystics yeah. have four arms. Yeah, the the Mystics are big, like armadillo looking dudes. Uh, they're hunched and like. They don't look it, but when they do eventually stand up, they're fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They are very hunched. So yeah, but apparently they can stand. <laughs> yeah, and when they do, they're like eighteen feet tall. <laughs> I I I wanted to add that Froud's art. Like mm-hmm. I never knew when I was a kid. I had no idea because you know you're right. a mm-hmm. kid. I I grew up grew up with like so much of his art kind of like inspiring my love of fantasy mm, and sure like that. so i could see that knowing I, you and mm. i never i never realized when like with the um what are they the little potato people boblings the boblings yeah mm-hmm. i i was like gosh it's like why do i remember these so much it was like because his drawings and art and his paintings they are yeah those are like pretty much so ripped whole hog like, yeah and i was like Oh, I get it. <laughs> like, that makes sense now. The, the, okay. the dots suddenly connected. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Anything else? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about the, the Skeksis when they come up more. The the Mystics throat sing to summon the one who will save them. Mm-hmm. So that's their, their chant. It, it's basically throat singing. Um, and their designs were based on Frode's uh, troll design from the book The Land of Frode. Uh, they were given four arms in order to distance themselves from that design, um, and then that way Jim Henson would be able to copyright their design while Frode could keep the copyright for his trolls. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole reason why they have four arms. Yeah. Um, and that's why the Skeksis have four arms. <laughs> I so. think, isn't that why they, um, it was like, I've heard that about copyright, is like if it's 10% different... That's the general rule of thumb, but I mean, copyright's really, yeah. really sticky. So. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, that's that's the the by and large of it. It's just, look four arms instead of two, completely different. Yeah, and of course Frode's not going to argue with it because it was part of his idea, so mm. <laughs> they're not going to challenge it. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, we then meet Jen, performed by Jim Henson and voiced by Stephen Garlick, uh, who's a Gelfling whose family was killed by the Skeksis. And yes, we meet him naked. Yeah. He's just butt naked sitting next to a lake or a, a pond of some sort. <laughs> He's been hanging out with those naturalists. <laughs> yeah. And you can see all of the joints in the puppet. And it's, it's scandalous. It's not the best look. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't sure what I was looking at. I was like, is this puppet. like a... <laughs> it's puppet porn. Yeah. <laughs> um... And uh, Jen was apparently originally intended to be blue in homage to the Hindu de- uh, Hindu deity Rama. Okay. But they changed him to flesh colored to make him more relatable. Okay, so I was wondering when I was watching it, I was like, his hair kept changing color, he <laughs> kept changing color. I was like, is it the lighting? Is it kind of chameleon like where he's showing his 
emotions through his hair and his skin. <laughs> Jen is a mood ring. Be- yeah, he's a mood, like he's a Gelfling mood ring or something. And and I was like, Kira didn't really do that. The only time she looked, I mean, her hair slightly changed the color. There was like sometimes it had some green in it, and then there was like you know other stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I was like, is is that what they do? Like their thing so maybe in the picture in the movie who knows <laughs> I, I think a lot of it is just the lighting there's a lot okay. of intense lighting in this movie yeah the um the cinematographer it was his last movie that I, I didn't make too many notes on him but uh i don't remember his name offhand um but it was yeah it was it was his last movie before he retired uh he didn't die a grisly death right before retirement fortunately. <laughs> but uh his his favorite technique was to put colored lenses in front mm-hmm. of the camera to kind of tint everything, you know, in different ways to, right. to make it look more fantasy and mystical and alien. So that could be a big part of what you're you're describing there. Um, also, I think that, I mean, from a technical standpoint, yes, it's also probably because they are literally probably different puppets from time to time. But from an in-universe standpoint, I like the idea that <laughs> Jen is just a mood ring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember that scene where they had the close-up of his of his head. Um, I think it was when cha- they first meet Chamberlain or something. And his bangs are like royal blue. <laughs> and I was like, that wasn't like that before. Right. And, and then you can kind of see it a little bit from when they're the they did the wide shots. Um but then it starts going away after they escape. Yeah, I, the first time, and I was like, "Is this supposed to happen?" Where he's like, "Oh God!" Like it's these Skeksis, and they're horrible, and <laughs> blue like, is I'm the just, color of I'm his fear. Just, yeah. It, so I <laughs> and amber is the color of his energy. <laughs> <laughs> he um. <laughs> yeah, I I. I can't comment. I didn't pay too close attention to his like the consistency of his hair color, but I do know that there were certain scenes where I noticed it more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, to my my dumb brain, it was always just like, oh, I just didn't notice that before. But you might be correct, or it was just completely I different. Can't speak to it myself. Yeah, but I, I just I I always notice color stuff like that in movies and. Oh. And so that's just kind of what I what I was thinking is like. I mean, it very well could be intentional. Darker hues like that, or you know, usually in in nature, mean like it's trying to ward something off, or or trying to hide. Like he's like, oh god, yeah. I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> so. He's got a naked Skeksis yelling at him. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be there I mean, either. He had like a very thin, tattered shirt on. I guess yeah. he was like, oh my god, <laughs> I can see your joints. <laughs> I can see so your indecent. skin folds and your. You're whining at me. <laughs> um, but the narrator then tells us that the journey of Jen must begin. Yeah. Um, the he someone runs. Tell Jen that. <laughs> yeah. He, he well. He where he's about to learn. Oh, someone he, should have told him before this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. He runs home, and the elder tells him that uh, he must find the crystal shard, um, and the Skeksis will try to destroy him at every turn. Mm-hmm. Also, he has a time limit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they I even started had, this a couple years ago. Uh-huh. I had that thought too. It's just like you didn't. He's got a time limit. You didn't think to bring this up earlier, and then the elder was just like, "I should have told you before." It's like, yeah, yeah think. Yeah. Like well, that's just more of their the, of the thing. Like they're going through the motions of being these ascetic mystics. They don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't know why they're doing any of this. They just kind of are. Yeah, it's just like he, he, this, this mystic realizes he's like, "I'm on my deathbed." 
there's something important I needed to... Oh, shit. <laughs> Jen. Uh, Jen. Uh, get over here. <laughs> Someone page Jen. <laughs> I, I have heard it's very fun to, like, go to, um, like, cons and go to, uh, like, the speaking events at cons and start that throat singing. Because <laughs> people will join in with you. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, he tells Jen that the only person who knows where the shard is, is someone named Agra. He just says Agra knows. He doesn't say if Agra is a person, a place, a species. He just says it's Agra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Agra. And, then, ha- and I actually think he says Agra has it, not even knows. Yeah, yeah. So, it's at shows, Agra. <laughs> and then he shows Agra's, uh, house from satellite images that he has, <laughs> but not Agra herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the Elder dies and is a Jedi, apparently. Yeah. Um, and this would have been before Yoda died. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so Dark Crystal did it first? Yeah, well, no, I I, but it was after Ben Kenobi it died. It was after Ben, yeah. So. But this is a puppet dying. <laughs> ben Kenobi is not a puppet. Ben, no. Alec Guinness Alec, is not a Muppet. Alec <laughs> Famously not a, not a Muppet. He would have been so pissed to hear you say that. <laughs> well, he can't do anything to me. He's dead. Um, <laughs> just, like, just like Ben Kenobi. And now this elder. Um... <laughs> So, Jen heads out alone. He, he wants to emphasize the being alone part. Uh, alone? He, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be alone, but he has to. Alone, then. Alone, then. Alone, then. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like, it's like, have you seen how fast the mystics walk? Of course you're going to Yeah, <laughs> you're going to outpace them, like, immediately. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the Emperor of the Skeksis dies. Yeah. And he turns to dust. Well, the first the Chamberlain tries to steal his rod of authority. Uh-huh. And he's like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, even even to his dying breath, he's he's greedy and yeah. selfish. Yeah. Um and uh the Skeksis then argue about who gets to be the new emperor. Yeah. And they the... didn't have a succession plan no. in line. Well, because that would be some sort of planning and they don't do that. No. Well, also the not, Looking at it from their perspective, that would also mean that the emperor would have to come to grips of the fact that he's not going to be emperor forever. Right? Yeah, he's and not he's not. Forever. Yeah, he's not going to do that. So yeah. um, they juiced enough gelflings that that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and apparently, the Skeksis were originally supposed mm-hmm. to be speaking a fictitious language, and not even supposed to be. They were originally speaking yeah, a fictitious yeah. language with English subtitles, but it, test screenings went so poorly that they redid this the, the Skeksis dialogue for the Chamberlain. The Chamberlain was his thing was he was supposed to be the one who spoke the Gelfling's language, uh-huh. which is why everyone else speaks pretty fluent English. All the other Skeksis, the Chamberlain speaks in that weird stilted style. Yeah, because that's not his original language. Oh. oh. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, and I know he uses a few, like, f- f- quote-unquote foreign alien, I should probably say, alien words. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool. It, it, it's very interesting, and it would have made that dinner scene very different. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Just have a bunch of puppets screeching at each other. <laughs> Uh, the... I mean, there's a lot of this movie that is just puppets screaming at each other. But... <laughs> Most of it. Um, the General, who's played by Dave Goles and voiced by Michael Kilgariff, 
challenges the Chamberlain, played by Frank Oz and voiced by Barry Denon. And Barry Denon would actually go on to do a lot of voice acting in animation and video games, so he's mm-hmm. actually still kicking around mm-hmm. and doing a lot of voicing. I but, think he returned for the prequel series as the Chamberlain, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. I didn't see it in his credits, but uh, maybe I, didn't not, pay, but... I didn't pay too close okay. attention, so I just kind of I know there was, like, through. only one of the Skeksis uh, voice actors who returned for the, the prequel. Sure. And they're all in it. Like, all of the All of all the Skeksis are in it. Plus, yeah. like, a couple other ones. Right. Well, that's because that's probably before they were, there were only ten. Yeah. But uh, the general challenges the Chamberlain to a trial by stone. Trial by stone! Whatever that means. Oh, we find out exactly what that means here <laughs> yep. in just a minute. Yeah, they. Uh, it means they take turns hitting a stone spire with swords. Yeah, they have these huge ritualistic... Uh, Scimitar things? Yeah, that are all, like, scarred up from doing this in the past. And then they wheel out this, like, stone spire thing that has a bunch of cuts in it. And I guess the trial by stone is to see who can make the biggest cut in the stone. Mm-hmm. And, like, first the general whacks it, and he gives a, a little one. Or like a, you know a bit a little one and the the I chamberlain guess. hits it and I don't know what the chamberlain thought he was going to be doing in this situation because he's the one who proposes the trial by stone right and he's just a little dude and the general's <laughs> like twice his size uh-huh. and is is like pretty built for a skexies so I don't know what the plan was here <laughs> right yeah I thought that the, I always thought the chamberlain had something up his sleeve yeah he doesn't no he doesn't he's just <laughs> He, he whacks it, and I guess he makes a bigger cut than the general, because then the general gets another whack. Yeah. And he cuts the thing in half. Yeah, he just slices it which off. Which causes it to, like, slightly explode. <laughs> You're gonna get some of that. Yeah. I, I liked Chamberlain's face after the general hits it the first time, uh-huh. where there's sparks, and everyone's like, yeah, good Good cut, good cut. And they're, like, cheering, and the Chamberlain's mouth is just open, like, oh, ah! no, I've made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. I have noodle arms. Yeah. I was like, I guess, you know, again, pride. That was, yeah. you know, maybe that's what it was, is that's his, his sin. He's like, I can do this. He's nothing. And then he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm a meanie. Oh, no. <laughs> I, challenged the, I challenged the sin of wrath to a strength contest. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the general wins, and uh, the chamberlain has to be punished by being stripped of his robes. Yeah, they, which the other like, Skeksis just strip the shit out of him. Which is like being stripped of his actual identity. Uh-huh. Because that's what the Skeksis are, are these roles. Yeah, like, well, they're very they are. they're very vain and materialistic. Yes. They, they adorn themselves in as much... Especially the ornamentalist. Well, like, especially the ornamentalist. That's his but... entire job, is to be the dandy. <laughs> but yeah, they the robes identify who they are, what they do, uh-huh. and they also usually have a lot of jewelry and things, so being stripped of his possessions is the biggest shame he could yeah, have. Yeah. And then we see his tiny, frail body, and it's very unpleasant. They're gross looking. They're not great. <laughs> so, already, two naked puppets yeah. in, a, in this yeah. movie. I'm not, I'm not happy about that. Oh, you're fine. Um, but then the Dark Crystal shows the Skeksis Jen on the beginning of his journey. And they start getting very upset about this, so they send the big bug monsters called Gartham to go and kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gartham suits weighed roughly 70 pounds. Jesus. So the actors would have to take frequent breaks during shooting by literally being hum- hung up on racks while in the suit. Oh suits. my god, that's... <laughs> they would go... Suck. <laughs> It's actually adorable watching them like right. waddle over to the wreck. Like, the... Four guys helping them waddle. <laughs> yeah, they waddle over to this like they... coat hanger and, <laughs> and well, they just strap yeah, him in. It, and it just... looks, yeah, it looks like one of those coat racks that they. The they wheeling yeah, coat yeah. racks at a, at a theater. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of hang out there for a few minutes. <laughs> just chill. And when you get to the, like, 
the suit actor is like, this is so weird, but also hilarious, and just smiling. Well, yeah, he's, he's sitting, he's up there like, oh, thank God, it was so heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, just wow, gonna, so... I'm gonna chill here like a baby Bjorn for a bit. <laughs> 70 pounds of what was it fiberglass or not fiber, uh, uh, fi- no, fiberglass yeah. that's what they said they were made of Jesus. fiberglass itchy too then yeah, yeah. so but um, yeah the, the the Gartham are big beetle scorpion looking motherfuckers they're they're heavily <laughs> inspired by uh, and I quote uh, Jim Henson and uh, and uh, Henson and Frode's Frode? Frode's yeah Henson and Frode's love of uh, of lobsters Okay. Like they both really that. loved eating lobsters, and they were just they were inspired by the, yeah. the lobsters' discarded shells. Oh, yeah. So they're yeah. they're crustacean adjacent, but yeah, I I always got beetle yeah, impression they, from them because they got like six legs that you know mostly all move in the same direction, <laughs> uh, and big old glowing eyes back in, like their fucked up Jawas or something, and and then they have uh, one big like claw, yeah, and yeah. one. A hand claw. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean. They, they've got, yeah, like, a crab like a claw. Yeah, three-digit sort of clasper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they send these guys out to go and kill Jen. Um, we cut then to Jen wandering through, like, a craggy cliff mm-hmm. uh, with some real strange creatures, some koosh ball-looking things. Um, oh, yeah. I wonder <laughs> if that's uh, Angra. Or, uh, Agra. Agra, yeah. Like, no, dude. No, that's some sort of lichen. <laughs> yeah. Or he sees that, what was it, like that weird little dragonfly or lizard yeah. or something, and he's like, maybe that's Agra. Yeah, he's he's basically <laughs> wondering who the, who or what this Agra might be. I get the feeling he was, like, so lonely at that point. He was just, I know this doesn't mean anything, but I'm going to just start guessing like I'm on a road trip or something. <laughs> Someone will validate me eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then Jen is caught in some, like, living vines, and we are introduced to actual Agra, who mm-hmm. is performed by Frank Oz and voiced by Willie Whitelaw. And she fucking rules. She is awesome. <laughs> Apparently, the original voice lines were done by Frank Oz, but Jim Henson didn't like that enough, so he brought in Billy Whitelaw um, to, to kind of voice over it, and yeah. it works really, really well. I, I have to wonder if Oz's voice was too close to Yoda. That's a good because this would have been after Empire. Yeah, so it it sounded almost like um, what? Uh, sorry, you said the voice actress actor Billy Whitelaw. Billy, yeah, sorry, Billy Whitelaw. It sounded like that, like when the documentary I watched, but it was like more high pitched and kind of. Oh gosh, one of the Muppets it reminds me of, but I was just like, mm. yeah, it doesn't it, work. It's not as good, and okay. I remember Frank Oz in, in the documentary I watched. He was like. He's talking about how much he loves Agra, and how he's like, she's so ugly, she's beautiful. Uh-huh. I was taken <laughs> aback by that, and I was like, yeah, I, I mean, she's got a lot of personality, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's, it's hilarious that they keep piling, like, for the design of Agra, they keep piling stuff on. It's like, okay, she's a witch character, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, I don't know, a foot tall, <laughs> uh, and she's got one eye. And she can take it out of her socket and like look around. Look around. Okay, like cool. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the, the fates from yeah. from Greek mythology. Okay, I get you. I get you. Uh, then she's got mutton chops. Yep. And like a little mustache, kind of, <laughs> and a beard. So she's very hairy. Yeah, she's she's super hairy. And one of her eyes is kind of scarred up, and she hates everyone. She also has what appears to be like a completely cataract eye in the middle of her forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which. Which I think reminded me of the fates is yeah. like it's one person with 
three eye sockets but only one eye. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Instead of yeah. So I I I, I like Augur. I love Augur. She, she is the best. <laughs> She's I great. I love how much <laughs> I love the scenes where they pay so much attention to her sitting down. Oh and yeah. How painful <laughs> it is for her. Well, it takes her like a full minute and to I, sit down. Yeah. And she goes, <laughs> Every yeah, time she just, uh, <laughs> like all the way, and I'm like, oh my, I I, I get you, girl. Yeah, <laughs> and I I love how Agra is in this solely for Agra. She is not actually here to help Jen. Yeah, she's also not here to help the Skeksis. No, she's just here to be her. Yeah, she knows stuff and she hates everyone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she's, Which I do think makes her a librarian. <laughs> I, that tracks. Um, but yeah, she shows up and tells Jen that all the Gelflings are dead, but he is clearly not. Yeah. Like, she she kind of runs... She has this, like, way about monologuing to herself. Like, you can tell that she spent a lot of time uh-huh. alone. Where she just kind of walks herself in circles. Because she's like, you're a Gelfling. You can't be a Gelfling. All the Gelflings are dead. But you're a Gelfling and you're here, so you're not dead. And that means that not all the yeah, Gelflings yeah. are dead. It's like... Are you a Gelfling? Yes. My name is Jen. The Gelfling all dead. Go off and kill them all. You can't be Gelfling. You look like Gelfling. Smell like Gelfling. Maybe you are Gelfling. Okay. <laughs> I get the feeling that if, if Jen's journey was any longer he would be Agra because of how much he talked to himself in a day. This is this is his future. Yeah. <laughs> um and then uh she also speaks in this alien language where Amazon subtitles kept telling me she is speaking non-English. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So there was a lot of non-English oh, going on in this movie. <laughs> well, it, it just, it seems like because of that thousand years, there is a lot of dead languages. Well, yeah, that's the idea, but I'm just joking. I'm just poking fun of the fact that Amazon's subtitles told me that it was non-English. <laughs> Usually it'll say, like, foreign language or yeah. an alien language or something. For this, it was just non-English. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, that does... I. This is one of my favorite tropes in movies, is the world in decline, where... The world has moved on and is on the verge of total collapse. Sure. Like, you you get some of that in, like, The Lord of the Rings, where everything is just about to go to straight up to hell. Like, the world is going through a massive upheaval into something different. You get that in uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series, where Mm -hmm. the world has actually, they call it, the world has moved on. Yeah. And I, I just really like that trope, where the world is... Past its prime. Past its prime. You are on a dead or dying planet sure yeah that's definitely what this is uh-huh. so um she uh she leads jen to her orary and then mon- monologues at him where we find out that space is filled with an awful lot of blades <laughs> <laughs> and they're moving really fast yeah this is a dangerous orary. <laughs> uh she monologues that the last time that the sun's aligned the crystal cracked and that the next time that they do, which sounds like it's going to be pretty soon, pretty it, soon, it would destroy the world, or could destroy the world. Yeah, maybe not. We don't actually know. We're just kind of spitballing here. Yeah, um, and Jen must take the shard to heal the dark crystal, and then she jumps a bunch of crystal shards at his feet and tells him to choose the right one. <laughs> because fuck you, Jen. <laughs> yeah, he's like, which one is the right one? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I get the feeling that somebody made it her problem, and she's like, oh, yeah. I don't care enough. Yeah. I'm going to deal with, like, my own thing. And then when Jens came along, because they probably, you know, with the des- his destiny and everything, they were... She was like, great, now I have to deal with this? I was like, <laughs> I thought I could just throw it in a box somewhere and just not deal with it. So I think that it's just her trying to stick to her sort of neutrality. Uh-huh. <laughs> her apathy. Her yeah. apathy, yeah. Just, ugh. Um, this doesn't help Agra. Why should yeah. I care? <laughs> Get out of my house! <laughs> I have important oraying to do. <laughs> Uh, Jen somehow narrows it down to three different crystals. Which I call bullshit on, because how the fuck did he do that? Well, I was that was my thought for, at first, but then I remembered um, that in the beginning, when he's told about the crystal, the Elder manifests, like, okay. an actual image of it. Image yeah, of it. so I it's guess. like, okay, he can kind of guess. Like, it's probably not the small, super small ones, or the yeah. ones that are weird colors, yeah. but... I don't know, that... That's putting a lot more faith in Jin than I would have. <laughs> but he does narrow it down to three. Wet noodle of um, And he, he can't figure out which of the three it is. So he just decides to pull out his pipe and he Toots. plays it a bit. And then the correct shard glows. All right. Yep. So, so at the same time, the mystics also do their throat singing. And I'm like, is it... So is it him remembering like to play a tune maybe that'll work or do they actually do that well he, he says something he says something along the lines of like i remember the mystics doing this or like making this noise so i'm gonna toot okay um i have no idea yeah it, yep. it's i don't know it, it's introducing a problem and then solving it through silly stuff yeah it's fantasy logic yeah yeah um, but the Gartham show up and, and destroy they just the wreck the place house. up. <laughs> yeah, they arrive and wreck the place up. Um, and Agra is very, very upset about this well, yeah. because it's her stuff. Uh, Jen manages to escape. Okay, that is putting it lightly because what Jen happened? <laughs> Jen goes through a window, which means somebody threw a puppet through a window. <laughs> <laughs> Because he, he doesn't step out the window or anything. He get, he launches through the window. <laughs> which means somebody just picked up this puppet and hooked it through the window. Or, or was it the, the little a, the actor? The, I don't know if they got a child or not, but was it There's, that actor it just could, kind of throwing I, uh, themselves through the I, I, From what I was reading, the um, for scenes when the pup... When, when scenes... Four scenes when Jen or Kira need to actually like stoop to pick something up uh-huh. or move around, they were uh, in the they distant were shots. In distant shots, they were played by dwarves. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I from what I read. I didn't I didn't find a whole lot of information regarding that, but but that's what I read. But yeah, I mean, Jen Jen threw a window. He managed to escape. Yep. Uh, and he he looks up to see Agra's home on fire, just completely on fire. Uh, yeah. She had a lot of volatile chemicals oh, in there because, yeah. as far as I'm aware, those Gartham do not have a way of lighting things no. on fire. <laughs> but, um, but then we uh, we see that the Chamberlain has followed the Gartham and is now following Jen. Um, Gelfling! <laughs> we get a... Probably my favorite shot in the movie is this kind of panoramic shot of the swamp mm-hmm. and we see all kinds of really cool creatures and wildlife and things just existing in this swamp really weird stuff <laughs> plants that sh- the plants that are alive and 
things that are eating other things and just a really cool puppetry. I, I, mm-hmm. I this is my favorite scene. Yeah, I think. my my favorite is when that tree root thing just like kind of is in the way of that weird. <laughs> it pulls its feet it, out of the water. Otter thing, and it's like kind of screams at it, like out of the way. And it's like, oh my bad, and just like walks backwards <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> yeah, all all its roots are just kind of yeah, dangling and yeah. damp. <laughs> um, and uh, Jen, we we finally get to Jen, who's wondering what he's supposed to do with the shard because all he's been told is to heal the the uh, dark crystal, mm-hmm. which I think he already forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't know what to do with it. Um. And he sees a vision of a Skeksis hitting the Dark Crystal with a weapon. Which he sees is, it, like, in the shard. Yeah, like, in yeah. the shard. Like, so, reflection in the shard or something. I, I get the feeling that w- with scenes like that is that it's trying to say that the Dark Crystal is, like, a living thing. And that this is a memory of what happened to it while, when it was wounded and just trying to tell Jens, I need to be whole again. Maybe? I could be reading too much into this, I but have no idea. that's kind of the feeling I sure. get with the Dark Crystal. Is... That's as good as theory as any, uh-huh. I'd say. Um, but he's distracted when he hears, um, according to uh, Amazon, um, jungle noises oh, nearby. Cool. In the swamp, that's weird. Yep. Yeah, jungle um, noises. <laughs> And it's it. He kind of chases after whatever the noise was, and finds that it's the strangest animal of them all, a girl. Um, this is Kira. She's performed by Catherine Mullen and voiced by Lisa Maxwell. Well, first we get the jump scare of Fizzgig. <laughs> we get the the Fizzgig jump scare. <laughs> that awful oh. growly scream <laughs> from, a ju- from a tree root hole. <laughs> yeah, with this yeah. little little fuzzball with teeth in its throat. God, I hate that thing. It's like a Pomeranian chihuahua, and it's like, it, like all, all rage. He's perfectly fine until he opens his damn mouth, oh, I know. and then, then it's, it's horrifying. Yeah. He's yep. also the only uh, puppet from this movie to cross over with the actual Muppets. Oh, really? Yeah. I knew, because I was reading that he's, uh, his whole existence in this movie was uh, I believe it was Oz who was like, we need to have a, an outlet for Kira's nurturing side, and they had literally just introduced, uh, uh, I think it's Fufu for Miss Piggy. Oh yeah, and they were like, well that that's that was what Fufu was for was for Miss Piggy to have a conduit for her mm-hmm. nurturing side. So they're like, well let's put a dog in this for Kira. And I guess Jim Henson was against the idea at first, but Oz was very insistent, and Jim Henson just gave up. He's like, fine, whatever. But uh, we also see that Kira also speaks non-English. Mm-hmm. Um, and she grabs his hand. He, she, he, she grabs Jen's hand, and they share their memories with each other in something called a dream fast. Yeah. This is so they can dump a bunch of background exposition on us real quick. Yeah. I actually kind of dig how it's done, though, because it's... They're, they're both, like, it's very clearly communicated to the audience that that's what's happening. They're both sharing each other's memories. And we get a lot of flashes of both of their childhoods and growing up and stuff um, just kind of interposed over each other mm-hmm. while they're, like, quoting at each other. The only thing I didn't like is when, like, in the memory, Janet's like, what's going on? And she's like, it's a dream fast. But, but uh, I did kind of dig how that whole sequence played out mm-hmm. but uh during this jen explains that the elder was teaching him and uh and i have this as a quote 
And he shows me numbers and things called words. And everywhere I go, I learn the shapes of kindness. Once again, the mystics had no idea what they were doing. No, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? They were just going through the motions. Like they... That kid was homeschooled. <laughs> 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 they explain a lot. Um, but we learned that this girl's name is Kara, finally. And that she was saved by... by um, she was saved from the Skeksis by her mother... Uh, kind of hit her, stole her away inside of a tree, and she ended up getting taken in by the podlings to be raised. More on those in a moment. Yeah. Which means she actually knows what a Gelfling is, and, like, what their biology is like, and maybe even some of their customs and things, while Jin has no fucking idea what he is. Nope. He just knows he's a Gelfling, that's it. He knows it. he's a Gelfling, yeah. Apparently one of the, the mystics, like, mumbled it in his <laughs> sleep one night. Yep. He's a Gelfling, full stop. Yeah. Um, we also learned that Kira can talk to plants and animals for some reason. Yep. I um, guess that's a thing Gelflings can do. Like, it's just, it's a thing that Gelflings can do, just nobody told Jen that. <laughs> I get the feeling that the Podlings were much better teachers for Kira than the than Mystics, the mystics were. were. I, I... Well, yeah, that's because... <laughs> she seems to know, be a well, lot more worldly and wise they, they, and, and The nature. Podlings showed uh, Kira how to actually survive. The mystics just kind of mumbled things at Jen, <laughs> and occasionally served him shitty soup. Now do your math mathematics. This do your words. Oh. Learn, learn the words. <laughs> this is the shape of kindness. It is a triangle. <laughs> but she saves him from the swamp by talking to a big creature called a nebri. Um, and we learn this at this point that her. Her uh, pet fuzzball that almost bit Jen's hand off is named Fizzgig. Um, and Fizzgig is performed by uh, Dave Goles and voiced by Percy Edwards. And Percy Edwards also did some uncredit vocalizations for the alien in Alien. Oh, wow. So, another callback here. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the We've heard this man before. Yep, we have. <laughs> uh, then we cut to a scene where the Skeksis are having a feast, which is including a roast nebbery. Hell yeah. This is the best scene in the movie. I like that's how they tied the scenes together. Uh -huh. It was like, here is a sweet living Nebri with its two kids. <laughs> and then we'll show uh -huh. you a dead one yeah. that these guys <laughs> are about to eat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but like, you get so much characterization for the Skeksis just in this one scene. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, the, the way that the, the ornamentalist is like, has that little finger fork thing that he's poking at the food with and like delicately eating it and then the gourmet just face plants into his food and it's you just get so much for these characters who are based are pretty minor honestly and it's it's just great well and i guess um they wanted to have the i think they they just said that from what i remember just the skexies were supposed to be like non-gendered mm-hmm but they Ow. said the ornament, <laughs> the ornamentalist was the one that they isn't the most effeminate. Yeah, yeah, the most effeminate. But they wanted them to not actually have like right actual. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they don't technically have genders or at least specified gem genders, although they are referred to as he them or he hey. Mm -hmm. he, he hey. He hey. They referred to as he hey. <laughs> Now That's let's weird. Do the <laughs> of the he hey. <laughs> They're referred to as he him, but um, but yeah, they don't technically have genders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like he hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's how cowboys identify themselves. <laughs> My gender is yee haw. <laughs> 
Um, but during the scene, the Gartham bring back, uh, they bring in a sack, which contains Agra. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny, because they're like, oh, the, we caught a Gelfling, and then they dump out Agra, and it's like, ha ha, you done fucked up! Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she just, like, straight up roasts them. Yeah. She cusses them out. stealing their stuff. <laughs> just immediately makes herself a menace. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. It's like... She, yeah, she, she gets out, and she cusses them out in non-English. Yeah. It's very vulgar, apparently. <laughs> um, so the, the Skeksis are pretty upset, so they end up sending the crystal bats out to find Jen, which are basically these little sentry bats. Yeah. Um, Jen and Kira are in a boat when they are spotted, or when they spot one of the crystal bats, and just, Kira just knocks it out of the sky with a bola and explains that what they see, the Skeksis see. And then it sees them. Yeah. Because that didn't do anything. No. <laughs> She didn't. She didn't land the killing blow. Uh, we also see. We also see that the mystics are officially on a pilgrimage of some sort. <laughs> they're on the very, very slow move. Yep, they're, they're moving. <laughs> they sent a timer. Set a timer. An egg timer after Jen's left. They're like, we'll give him a head start. Like we're gonna catch up to him. <laughs> they could have left at the exact same time. And they wouldn't be any further. <laughs> Uh, that night, Jen and Kara spend the evening with the podlings. They dance, they're dancing and eating and making merry. The podling language was based on Serbo-Croatian, and the producer, uh, Gary Kirtz, said that people fluent in Slavic languages like Polish or Russian would probably be able to understand and pick up individual words. That's interesting. That were used, like, correctly. Like, they were, they were used in... It wasn't just, like, randomly chosen. Like, they right. were actually um, uh, contextually appropriate. Huh. But most of it's gibberish. Yeah. And Jen learns exactly one word for thank you and says it to everyone. And I'm pretty sure he mispronounces it. Yes. <laughs> like immediately, too. He doesn't ask her to, like, repeat it a couple of times so he can get it. Or he And he doesn't, like, repeat it to her to make sure he got it. Yeah. yeah. He's he just, just, how do you say it? And then he immediately turns and starts saying it. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think the guy holding the, the salad bowl is just like, what did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say about my mother? <laughs> And the Podlings' designs are based on potatoes. They sure are. <laughs> so cute! <laughs> little, little potato people. Potatoes. But then the Gartham crashed the party. <laughs> and they abduct a whole bunch of Podlings. Which they weren't even there for. They were there for the Gelflings, and then they just decided to take some Podlings. <laughs> well, they had the basket. They brought the basket. <laughs> they knew. They they're like to fill it up. Yeah, they're like... They got a quota. Yeah, they knew they Jen. They knew where women. Jen was. They're like, might as well kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Because in a minute we find out that this is a common occurrence. Uh huh. <laughs> Kira's like, because Jen immediately starts um, blaming himself. He's uh, he he's like, if I wasn't there, they wouldn't have been there. And Kira's just like, don't worry, that happens all the time. They yeah. they do regular raids on <laughs> she our people. Says that very just matter of fact too. Yeah. It's like. Hey man, don't beat yourself up. They just—they're dickheads. They get, come over here all the time and steal our, our families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll make some more of their potato yeah. people. <laughs> they got some more growing right now. It's cool. <laughs> the Gartham moved to uh, to get Jen and Kara, but the Chamberlain suddenly jumps in and stops them from getting the two Gelflings. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. He just screeches. <laughs> He's. <laughs> Uh, Jen run they, they run away and Jen throws the shard away in anger. Um, Not very far. It was like two feet. Well, he's got little puppet arms. <laughs> <laughs> no muscle. <laughs> uh, 
Kira's just like, what the fuck are you doing, you damn asshole? Stop this. <laughs> stop, stop being a wet noodle. <laughs> yeah, the next morning they wake up and they find that the shard landed in front of some ruins like 10 feet away. Oh no, Kira does. Jens is completely forgotten about it. He's yeah. like, ooh, rocks in the shape of a house. Let's go visit. <laughs> Yeah, Kira explains that these ruins were houses of their Gelfling ancestors and that it might be very dangerous to explore them. So they go and explore them. Mm -hmm. And they find a carving detailing a prophecy that a Gelfling will be the one to fix the dark crystal. And only Jen can read this because he only he knows what words are. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the one place where his abilities come in handy. Yep. Uh, the Chamberlain arrives and pleads with them to go back to his castle to make peace with the Skeksis. Peace! <laughs> he, and he does this by repeating please and peace yeah. pretty much constantly. And then when they retreat, he fucking screams it at them and yeah. it's terrifying. I like how his voice slowly starts to show the urgency and his anger coming uh -huh. through because it gets more like growly. and Yeah, that, I really liked the voice acting for the chamberlain oh, yeah. it was very good. Yep. Um they the two of them are not swayed so they they run away. Um because uh the Skeksis kind of did a genocide on the Gelfling. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can Peace is kind of already off, off the, the table. table. Yeah, that one's <laughs> That offers <laughs> left. <laughs> what bothers me about that scene too is like Jen seems like he's considering it where he's oh, just yeah. dead-eyed staring at Chamberlain like, you know, I like the cut of this guy's jib. And, like, completely forgets, like, in the first ten seconds of the movie, they describe how the the, the Skeksis were the ones yeah. who killed his parents. And he knows this. He may not know it. <laughs> we don't know that he knows like, it. <laughs> he's like, hmm, maybe he, this guy, this bird guy is on to something. Yeah. And Kira's no, like, you dumbass, what we, are you doing? <laughs> we don't know that Jen knows that the Skeksis killed his parents because, as we've already determined, the mystics told him nothing. So yeah. he, he could just... Well, he says it. He says uh, it to his master. He's okay. like, he's like, yes, the you know the Skeksis killed my mother, and they killed my father, and then okay. the narrator says it before that, and I was confused okay. why they had that said. Yeah, yeah. There you twice. go. That's the only reason. Okay. Why there you I go. The mystics that. didn't tell him. The narrator did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why he's like unreliable. Uh, yeah, the narrator's. Like, yeah, the narrator's like the Skeksis killed his family, and Jen's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, did, one of me? Yeah, what did you just say? <laughs> oh man, I, I probably should probably put some clothes on. <laughs> um, but also, it's important to remember that Jen is a wet noodle, <laughs> and therefore would probably go with the Skeksis. Yeah, I, I mean, his that look he gives Kira, like that back, you know, looking at Kira, and then at Chamberlain, and then back again, and he's just like. In his nice, sweet way of just saying, fuck you, and runs away with Kira. And I was like, my guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Kira summons some land striders to take them to the castle. I think these are some weird looking guys. Yeah, they are. Oh my they're God. cool, though. I like them. I mean, they're pretty obviously just dudes on stilts uh -huh. with like a blanket over them. These <laughs> are the stilts that I hadn't, that I had oh. envisioned for Stiltman, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. That, that also but. made me laugh, that scene where. She calls the land striders, jumps on, and then Jen just, like, all of a sudden has this epiphany idea where he's like, Kira, you don't have to come with me. And she just looks at him like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> she can't tell him, like, dude, you're going to die without <laughs> yeah. me. You just yeah. nearly went with a gross bird guy <laughs> to death. Like, of course yeah. I'm going to go with you because we're the only two of our people left. 
and you're not very smart. <laughs> yeah, I am clearly the b- more capable of the entire half. I am both the brains and the bronze of this. You're not even the looks. <laughs> you're the noodle. You're the guy who holds the, the shard. <laughs> and if you would just give it to me, you wouldn't even be that. <laughs> I call does... this an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say that Jen has to be the one to put the dark crystal back together. It just says a gilfling does it. I'm one of those. <laughs> Um, but Kira also tells Fizzgig to stay, but it throws a tantrum until she relents. Yep. <laughs> um, then we cut to a Skeksis scientist <laughs> who's draining a podling of their life, es- life essence by shooting crystal lasers into its eyes. Yeah, apparently when podlings, and I guess gulflings, look into, like, the corruption of the crystal, it drains them. And also shoots lasers into their eyes <laughs> and makes them like sweat out a liquid. <laughs> yeah, it, it juices them. Yeah, it juices them. It juices them, and then they become, uh, as the movie puts it, slaves. Yeah, they, they become dead eyed little husks of what yeah. they were. They're just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Emperor drinks the life essence, which makes him young again. For like a second. Very briefly. Uh, the scientist says that it's because the essence isn't from a Gelfling. So, they, they, they done screwed up when they <laughs> genocided the Gelflings. Yeah, they should have just, I don't know. Not done that. Well, Slowly I, juiced them instead of... <laughs> I imagine that's, like, the, the sin of, you know, gluttony and greed coming out is, like, they didn't try and not destroy an entire race. They just were like, oh, no, we want this. We're not going to actually, like, try and do any sort of Salt, yeah, self-preservation long term, for ourselves and long-term... We're long-term gonna, thinking ahead or, yeah, preservation of the race. It's yeah. just a, it's an, a me, me, me thing. Yep. Yeah, you got and, a vampire this year. And yep. I get the feeling that this was probably... They didn't discover this whole juicing situation until after they had pretty much um, eradicated all of the Gelflings for the most part. And then they are like... Oh dang! Oh dang! If you juice these guys, long. Oh dang! Oh, there's only oh, there's like five left. Oh wait, they're dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh shit! Dang. Oh dang! <laughs> no wonder there's only ten of these guys left. Yeah, nine now. Um, but then we cut back to Jen and Kara, who come across the Gartham who raided her village. Uh, they attack the Gartham, which goes about as well as you'd expect. Um, and then they end up escaping by jumping down a cliff, and Kira glides down gracefully on her wings. She has wings because she's a girl. Yeah. And Jen is just completely baffled by the sexual dimorphism. (laughs) Uh, They enter what uh, appears to be a sewer drain while the Chamberlain watches. Um, And inside the cave, Kira wants to turn back, but Jen insists they keep going. The Chamberlain ambushes them and tries to apprehend them, still insisting that he wants peace. <laughs> As he lunges at them. Yeah. Yep. Ah! It's like, whoa. Yeah, Jen, <laughs> Jen stands, stabs him in the hand um, with the crystal shard, and we cut briefly to the mystics still on their journey and find that one of them has just sustained a wound on his hand. Do you get it? They're connected. <laughs> and this mystic does not seem terribly concerned about the cut on his that he's just appeared yeah he's just a oh there's a my hand and then he continues moving um but the chamberlain responds to this attack with the traditional act of peace yelling gaffling die and pushing a bunch of debris on top of jan 
he then hauls Kara off, and uh, two Skeksis encounter the Chamberlain and Kara, and they freak out over the presence of Gelfling. Well, yeah, because Gelfling's supposed to, like, end the whole the whole, whole thing. thing. Yep. So now <laughs> this asshole's just brought one to the crystal. <laughs> Um, the Chamberlain brings Kira to the Emperor, uh, who immediately wants to drink her essence before killing her. And the, the Ritual Master's like, no, just kill her, it's a much better idea. And the Emperor's <laughs> just like, nope, I'm gonna drink her like a smoothie. Yeah, Emperor's like, juice that lady. Um, this is enough for the Emperor to restore the Chamberlain's status, so he's no longer banished. Yep. Unbanished. He's, he's got his robes back. Yes. Uh, the scientist takes Kira to his lab and begins to crystal laser her in the face. But Jen frees himself from the rubble just in time to call out to Kira, who hears him psychically, I guess? Yeah, I don't know. And that breaks her enough to hear Agro, who's in a cage nearby. <laughs> they had to cage that old woman. Yeah. She was causing too much of a ruckus. She was um, stealing their stuff. <laughs> and she, she implores Kira to tell all of the animals in the shop to help. And they do. Kira, Kira asks for help, and the animals do. They break out and help. You call it a shop. It's more of a lab. That's what I meant, is lab. <laughs> okay. Well, I meant workshop. <laughs> they let everyone come in here and buy an animal. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a pet store. It's a very stressful place to work in this, this awful dark crystal castle. <laughs> um, while being attacked by the animals, the scientist stumbles into the lever that shuts off the laser and then falls down the shaft of the tower. Yep. Meanwhile, one of the mystics just kind of vanishes. Are you getting the connection? <laughs> no. <laughs> Agra tells Kira that the con uh, the conjunction is upon them, and Kira runs to find Jen, leaving Agra in her cage. <laughs> Way to go, Jen! Just doesn't doesn't even help help her out. She just leaves. Um, Jen falls into a pit with a bunch of Gartham and blames Fizzgig for it. <laughs> but he manages to escape the clobbering of a lifetime through a hole in the wall that leads to the shaft. He climbs up the shaft into the lab where he finds Agra, who escaped somehow. She sassed the cage into opening for her. <laughs> uh, the mystics arrive at the castle and throat sing at some of the Gotham, uh, Gartham guards until they stand down. <laughs> That's how you defuse big uh, beetle scorpion guys. <laughs> Just, ah. <laughs> Jen finds the dark crystal. And the Skeksis and Kira also arrive at the dark crystal chamber at around the same time. I don't know why Kira was looking for Jen up there when she knew he was down. Last she knew he was down yeah. in the caves, but, but I mean, fortuitous, I guess. I guess, unless that psychic. There's more to that psychic connection yeah. than I gave him credit for. Um, the Skeksis start to chant that the conjunction will make them live forever. I'm not sure how. Yeah, but that's new information. That's that's <laughs> what they believe. And uh, Jen and Kira are hiding, and Fizzgig shows up and just ruins everything. <laughs> Uh, as the Skeksis and Gartham move to attack, Jen jumps onto the dark crystal and accidentally drops the Just shard. Just butterfingers that shit. <laughs> Noodly arms. <laughs> Wet again. noodle of a man! Yep. The Emperor moves to pick it up, but Fizzgig bites his hand and he throws Fizzgig into the shaft. <laughs> Bye, Fizzgig. <laughs> There's a lot of throwing puppets in this movie. <laughs> that's, that's how you defeat puppets. You throw them. Yeah. Uh, Kira flies down and scoops up the shard before the Emperor can grab it. And she throws the the shard at Jen just before one of the Skeksis fucking stabs her. Right in the back. Just, just her. stabs the shit out of her. <laughs> the three suns align and Jen shoves the shard into the crystal. This immediately destroys the Gartham. Yeah. And the thing is that, like, if the Skeksis hadn't stabbed Kira, 
Jen would have given them the shard of the crystal. Oh, yeah, he was like, absolutely, 100%. I don't give, I don't care about the crystal. I never did. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I care more about people, like my friend Kira. <laughs> um, the castle starts to crumble while the mystics start throat singing their way into the chamber. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Somehow the podlings regain their life essence. Because that's what happens when a castle falls apart. <laughs> you know the saying. Yeah. Whenever a castle falls apart, a podling gains its life essence. <laughs> it's a weird saying. It's a weird saying. But this is where it came from. I'm wondering if it was just like the flow. I, I, I know this is a lot of like so weird fantasy theory, but I get the feeling that the the dark crystal was putting out a lot of like negative <clears throat> energy, you know, a lot of like me, my, and whatnot, and you know, taking people's energy and whatnot. And then when it was made whole, it like redirected that sort of thing. So everything bad that happened that the dark crystal had done was now able to heal that because it was healed. There's something probably to that. I mean, the dark crystal is the conduit for which they were milked. Um, and, uh, (laughs) so maybe restoring it is what undoes the milk. I don't know, but that's what happens. Well, I mean, usually when things are hurt, like even in nature, which nature has a, a big influence on this, on this movie is that it lashes out, it's angry and things like that. And I think that's, you know, like I go back to my theory that the dark crystal is a living thing same thing it's lashing out it doesn't care who it is it's, it does that and and so now that it's made whole it's it's healed and it can begin healing everyone else that it had hurt maybe now, now that it was like oh man well, i'm I mean, so that's... sorry I, I the things i said while i was mad <laughs> <laughs> um i mean that's a good possibility because that is the idea that this world was crumbling into darkness because of the, the shattered crystal. Mm-hmm. And now that the crystal's repaired, it's going to fix the world. Yeah. So you're, you're probably onto it right there. Um, but we, we find that Agra has found Fizzgig kind of dangling on the yeah. laser machine. She saves him. It starts poking him with a stick. A pitchfork. <laughs> well, I think she was trying to scoop him, but yeah. she had it pointed at his middle. It was like, get on the stick, you little bastard. <laughs> Uh, the Skeksis and the Mystics merge into the one being. Like their original form. Their original they forms. Split, the Ur-Skex, yep. I, I think is know. what it's called. I think that, yeah, something like that. They're ghosts now. Yeah, they're ghosts. <laughs> like, you would think that their their form would be more like a combined form of the two with, like, four arms uh-huh. and, like, big, tall guys with bird features or something like that. But no, they're ghosts. They're ghosts. So, because uh, you see the lo- two long skinny arms, it's like, do you think they have like a second they prefer- set I, under their robes? I would have something? to imagine so, but I think their design mm-hmm. left a lot to well, be like, desired. Even when Kira and Jen are in the, the temple and they see the the drawings of the Urskeks, they look more like combinations of the Mystics and the Skeksis. Uh-huh. But no, they're ghosts. They're just ghosts. They're spooky ghosts. Yep. The ghosts explain that they were the ones who shattered the crystal originally, and that separated them into two two races. Are bad. They, they did a piccolo. Yep. <laughs> and it's so weird too because they always showed the image of a Skeksis doing it. I was like, so did mm-hmm. they separate and then dis- 
like break the crystal? N- the like the breaking of the crystal is what separated them. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. So that's what I always got confused about when Jen sees that mm-hmm. image in the mm-hmm. in the crystal and it's a Skeksis doing it, and I was like, Who knows? Well, if it showed him a picture of a ghost doing it, he probably wouldn't have understood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not translucent; they're just very. Yeah, they are. They're pretty no, translucent. They're translucent. Yeah. They are absolutely they're, translucent. They're, they're like bright light things, and you can see through them. So. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. I didn't they're, notice they're just the, fucking ghosts. I just was like, they're really bright. I didn't notice the translucent part. These are the guys who made Call Girl of Cthulhu. <laughs> they're ghosts. <laughs> um, but uh, but fortunately, Jen fixed it. So that's good. And then he revives Kira with the power of love. Yep. And the ghosts go back to space. Yep. And that's it. That's the movie. That's the movie. Well, and then you so. get to see everything is regrown. Yeah, it's yeah. getting better. Yeah, yeah. And and it's uh, like the end of Lion King. Or yeah. The, the, <laughs> the rains return. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess there was going to be a sequel to this that featured, like, the wise King Jen and, <laughs> and Queen Kira. But it's like, for one thing, no. <laughs> but... Um, I was reading some conflicting things. Apparently, like, some people were saying there was going to be a sequel, and other people, mm-hmm. I, I forget who it was, but one of, like, the, the I don't want to say it was Oz, but it could have been. Mm-hmm. Somebody was, like, adamantly against, the, like, saying no. That was never okay. discussed. But, I don't know. I've, heard, I've seen conflicting things, because I also saw that, like, somebody saying that, that uh, Henson and Oz... Discuss, frequently discussed the possibility of a sequel during production, or right. like what could be done in a sequel. And considering so. all of the supplemental stuff that they did, I, I find it hard to believe that they hadn't at least thought of doing a sequel. Almost. Right, right. Um, For, like all the world building they did. Oh, like, right. Yeah. I mean, the, what was it? The They said over a thousand pages of... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, what it was there's it, a lot. The, the screen... What's it called? The the screenplay? They, the, well, they, they put up the drawings. The of, oh, the storyboard. The storyboard, yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, gosh, that's a lot of work, and then the map, and then all this backstory, and I'm surprised that they didn't, uh, yeah, at least, like, have a short or something. But, right. I mean, I guess it makes sense why they did it as a different art form instead of a movie, because it took five years, and a lot of labor, it, and love, and Yeah, and if like this that. would have been a bigger movie, I have to imagine they would have done a sequel to it. Right. But, I mean... Like, it, it did make its money back, plus some, but it still underperformed from what they wanted. Right, right. Um, although, now that you mention it, I do remember seeing that uh, apparently there was a sequel in the works um, as of, like, up until, like, 2007. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the the studio The Orphanage, oh, the right, ones that did, yeah, the ones that did The Host, mm-hmm. they were going to be the ones working on the movie. Oh. So, hmm. another callback. But... Um, but yeah, that didn't end up happening. And from what I understand, the story that they were going to do with the sequel mm-hmm. ended up going to a comic instead. Okay. I know there's been a ton of comics and mm-hmm. a couple of tie-in novels, plus the prequel series and a video game that ties into the prequel series. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just yeah, there's a lot of the media. comics and the storyboard mm-hmm. books that came out. But Now, there's been a lot of, of supplemental stuff for this movie. Mm-hmm. At um, the same... And, and while I do love this movie a lot, it's great flick i would have a hard time recommending it to someone who hadn't seen it before um well interesting you say that mm-hmm. i hadn't seen this before oh really i'd seen bits and pieces uh-huh. but i had not actually sat down this is not a movie that i, I uh-huh. was mired in nostalgia for me okay i enjoyed it okay. i enjoyed it thoroughly so 
I disagree yeah. with you on that. Okay. But it, there's just so many... Like, for one thing, Jen is such a nothing of a protagonist. And there's so many scenes of just him walking and thinking to himself. That the, the, the good stuff is fucking sublime in this movie. It really is. But the hard parts to watch are really hard to get past. The, there, There's some very, very slow parts. I can tell you, just look, going at it from a fresh perspective, mm -hmm. they are slow, but they're not very long. Well, they seem like they're long. <laughs> wasn't that kind of, isn't, I mean, I don't know, people are probably still doing it, but it, wasn't that the thing is to make main character to be every man? Yeah. So usually the every man mm -hmm. was just... Well, that's th that happens with a lot of media, mm -hmm. um, movies especially, um, because they want the audience to put themselves on that person. And if yeah. you if you give your main character any kind of personality, it's going to alienate someone. Yeah. 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 And big studios don't want to do that. Yeah. So. And I, I think they were. I think that's why they had Jen's always just like so innocent and questioning everything because it's like well the audience doesn't know right what's going on and it's like, yeah he's he's the most forgettable and and yeah. lackluster part of the and, movie. and that's what makes it stand out because the rest of this movie the world is so lived in and so mm -hmm. fully realized that having your main character be someone who doesn't know yeah. anything is really jarring it really is <laughs> Like he's not an everyman, he's a nothing man. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's the he's the blank slate, and then we get to kind of imagine ourselves. <laughs> but as... it, it it makes for a very boring protagonist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so. and I just remember as a kid, I remember Jens and kind of asking the same questions, but I don't think I ever was like, I see myself in that guy. Right. I I mean, granted, I am. A woman. So when I was younger, I was like Kira. Well, Kira's right. like Kira. the much more interesting character in like every way. Yeah, <laughs> she actually does things. Yeah, and and Jen doesn't. Like, yeah, he, he's someone that the plot happens to. Yeah. Uh -huh. he, he the plot is inflicted upon him. Yeah. He's not. Yeah, it's it's he's a shame. An active participant. Like I see where they come from as far as the wanting that blank slate that the audience can step mm -hmm. into. But for me personally, I don't think I can't really call up any situations or any things where I did that, where I, I've never no. watched something and go, oh, that's me. Yeah. That that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. I'm much more interested in finding, yeah, like watching a, an interesting character and yeah. exploring yeah. that character, not seeing myself through their lens. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I really relate to Agra. No, so. yeah. <laughs> well, you can relate to characters and their quirks, <laughs> but... sit down and just, like, cuss out the bad guys. <laughs> 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 Just being over children sometimes. <laughs> now, this movie should have been uh, Kira and Agra going on an adventure. That <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, but, all right, any other last thoughts? No. I, I, I did want to, I don't know if you guys had wanted to mention this at all, um, the suit acting, um, how, like, how they got special contortionist like oh, dancers mm -hmm. for the mystics and how Jim Henson had to change his style of puppetry for Jens because he's like with Kermit I can just go oh hoo, hoo, you know have yeah. that little Muppet walk but Jens it's like no I, I wanted it to have more of a human like walk yeah. and so he had to like re he had to hold him directly above his head. And... Yeah, he had to change the way he uh -huh. walked, the way he moved, and, and things like that. And I was like, that's 
that's very impressive for it, all these people to just be like, oh, see these drawings of frouds and be like, I know exactly how I want to do this. Yeah. And then they kept adjusting and evolving everything. And then, yeah. I, I, I just... mean, it's it's super interesting. And, like, it definitely speaks to uh, Henson's talent as a, as a director and a puppeteer that he's able to do that. Mm-hmm. But saying that, he probably should have just been a person instead of a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> then he wouldn't have had to do that. Right. <laughs> But no, like I said, there there is a lot of information you can find oh, on the yeah. behind oh, the yeah, scenes and stuff. Sure. Um, I just like talking about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like one of my one of my favorites. <laughs> no, it was a fun movie. It was a good one. So, um, but with that, I guess we'll just go ahead and head on over to the crunch. Okay, whatever. Let's do this thing. Alrighty. Body, you're a boy, make a big ass playing at the street. Gotta be a big man someday. You got a mud on the fast, a big disgrace. Kicking your can all over this place. We will, we will rob you. We will, we will, we will rob you. Yeah. We Alright, so welcome to the crunch portion of this creature crunch. Okay. I don't know. Um, so I I did two stat blocks. Um, because they kind of go hand in hand together. Alright. And I'm going to cover them simultaneously. Um, on one hand, I made the unoriginally named Skeckler. And then, Isn't that a guy from American Pie? I, I, I see <laughs> thick glasses on this bird, man. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then I'm um, on the other hand, I came up with the uh, the name Uller, U L E R. Okay. So, um, I tried to pay homage to the original names while also not just ma- naming them mm-hmm. those. Um, I'm not entirely thrilled about it, but whatever. Um, they are both medium monstrosities. The Skeckler is lawful evil, while while the um, the Uller is lawful good. They both have, um, they both have an armor class. That's now, nice. Uh, Skeckler has an armor class of fifteen, which is from uh, a, a trait that I gave them here that we'll cover here in a second called garbed armor. And the Uller has an AC of nine. The Ullers are a lot easier to hit. They both have the same hit points though, which is twelve d eight plus thirty six. It's an average of ninety. And uh, they both move at, well, no, they don't. Okay. They don't move. The Skeckler moves at has a speed of 30 feet. The Uller has a speed of 15 feet. Yeah, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Per um, hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> per day. <laughs> uh, the Skecklers are a little bit more physically adept. They have a 17 in strength. I, I gave him a higher strength because that guy did just chop a rock with a sword. The, the general's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, a dexterity of 12 because they can move when they want to. A constitution of 16, because their whole shtick is living forever. An intelligence of 13. There's a scientist. Wisdom of 10. They're not really smart scientists. And a charisma of 6. Because look at them. Yeah. <laughs> look at them. Listen to them. They're charisma of 6. Well, their counterparts, the Ullers, have a strength of 10. A dexterity of 7. Yeah, it might be generous. <laughs> it might be generous, yes. Uh, a constitution of 16. An intelligence of 15, they taught the words. Yeah. 
Um, they know the shapes of kindness. Yep. Well, see, that's where the wisdom comes in. Oh, okay. That's, they have an 18 in wisdom. There's the shapes of kindness. Okay. They just lack the intelligence to share their wisdom. They, they, they shared the... part of it with one guy, <laughs> and they didn't share all of it. And only the stuff they were interested in, not yep. the destiny part. They didn't tell him what he was. <laughs> they, just, or they, they taught him the name of what he was, yeah. but not anything else. Yep. <laughs> this um, is so important. Oh, well. <laughs> and then they have a charisma of 14. Um, the, the Skecklers have skills in Arcana, History, Intimidation, and Religion. Okay. While the Ullers uh, have skills in Arcana, History, Insight, Medicine, and Nature. Okay. Uh, Skecklers have passive perception of 10. Ullers have passive perception of 14. They're both challenge rating 2 with a proficiency bonus of 2 and speak common. Then, uh, as far as their traits go, they both have the Soulbound trait. Okay. Each Skeckler is soulbound to an Oler, and vice versa. Their lives are linked and their fate intertwined. Whenever one suffers damage or a wound, the other magically manifests the same damage or wound. Likewise, if one should receive healing of any kind, the other receives the benefits as well. The two soulbound creatures will always have the same amount of hit points. The Skecklers have the trait Body of Darkness. When the Skeckler dies, its body crumbles to dust. The Ullers have the Body of Light trait. When the Oler dies, its body turns to light and vanishes. Um, the Skecklers have Garbed Armor trait, where the Skeckler wears so many layers of clothing and robes and adorns itself in so much jewelry that the Garmins act as their own armor, granting the Skeckler an AC of 15. Okay. So that's where that comes from. The Ullers, um, ha- on the other hand, have the extra limbs, which uh, Ullers have, they have that extra pair of arms and hands that mm-hmm. can manipulate objects and whatever. I mean, the, Ske- the, the Skeksis in the movie have those extra arms, but they're under cloaks and they don't, they don't use them okay. that we see. So They are both spellcasters. The Skecklers are fourth level spellcasters and they can fo- um, cast the following cleric spells. Although their save DC is only 10 and they can only have a plus two with to hit with spell attacks because it's based off of their wisdom and they aren't that wise. Right. But uh, their cantrips are resistance, spare the dying, toll the dead. Uh, first level spells, they've got four slots for ceremony, command, and inflict wounds. And at second level, uh, three slots, they have augury, calm emotion, and hold person. Okay. The, um, the Ullers, on the other hand... Uh, they are fourth level spellcasters with the uh, spell save DC of 14 and a plus six to hit with spell attacks. And they have the following druid spells, which are cantrips, druid craft, guidance, mending, mold earth, and shape water. First level, they have animal friendship, beast bond, cure wounds, good berry, and speak with animals. And at second level, they have beast sense, healing spirit, and hold person. Okay. And then finally, their uh, actions. Skecklers can make two uh, two attacks. They've got the multi-attack, one with its peck and one with its scimitar. Um, both do 2d6 plus 3 damage, one piercing, one slashing, both with a plus 5 to hit. They're not meant to deal a huge amount of damage. Right. They're just meant to be kind of rough to kill uh, because their AC is a little higher than a challenge rating 2 creature would necessitate. Um, plus the spell casting. So, uh, and then the Ullers only have uh, they have two actions: the quarter staff, which is a melee weapon attack. It's plus two to hit, um, and it deals an average of three bludgeon damage. That's only one d six. I seriously can't imagine one of the mystics getting up the gumption to hit anything with a stick. Uh huh. <laughs> They'd have to get to it first. 
I figured they have it. It's a possibility. Okay. Therefore, it's there. And if they do hit you, it's probably not going to kill you. It's not going to cock. Yeah, it's just going to it's going to give you a, probably a welt, maybe. I got a bruise, man. Yeah. <laughs> just but, shoot one in the head. And but they do have a trait, uh, an action called the resonant hum, which recharges on a five or a six. The Uller sings a deep and reverberating drone from its throat. Any creature within 60 feet of the Uller and can hear it must succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or be stunned for one round. <laughs> from being throat sung. <laughs> be thrown, yep. I'd be stunned too. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop that. Push one over. Stop. <laughs> so that's that's my like twin monsters here that I've got. That's, um, that's a pretty cool. I dig that. I appreciate that. Yeah, like the idea was that the Skecklers can, can deal some damage. But they're kind of hardy and rough to kill. The best way to do it is to buy killing an older. <laughs> yeah. But they're they're the olers are gentle giants, as it were. Yeah. So you you won't want to kill one, but like they're like land manatees, leave them alone. <laughs> Landatees. So. So I was wondering. Sure. What about survival for the mystics? I thought about that. Um, I almost gave them survival, but I didn't want to overdo they, how many already, skills they yeah, have. Yeah, they've already got a ton okay. of skills, so well, I think they're okay. I just, I, I was thinking for maybe, you know, at, depending on if you wanted to individualize a lot, uh, mm-hmm. some of them, like how the Skeksis are, mm-hmm. like maybe somebody who wants to make these, they can change up some of the skills a little mm-hmm. bit. Oh, absolutely. That's definitely a thing you could do. Absolutely. Um, and it could be something we do for the kibbles. It could be something that we do for a future thing. Um, or, yeah, the DMs can just take liberty on that. I mean, that's the one of the the uh, the cool things about being a DM is you're not st- stricken to the rules. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I, I, I didn't do the survival just because we don't see them doing a lot of survival stuff. They're you just know, kind of existing. Yeah. Like, I always imagine survival as being, like, lost in the woods and knowing how to forge for food and and skin an animal so and hunt you, and like, did blah, 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 blah. stat up the, the hunter, a mystic, that would be something you could do for mm-hmm. that. But, I, yeah, if just for a general stat block, I don't think. <laughs> and I always feel like you think of hunter like, oh, someone who goes and they'll hunt deer or whatever. I imagine he goes out and he catches the slow plants. <laughs> like, that is his deal. Oh, is he goes out there and he's just like, oh, dang, that's probably going to be good. With, like, he's a big some... net? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he puts, like, a net on the end of his staff and just slowly <laughs> scoops up these. Sets up a box with a stick under it and waits for a strawberry to roll under it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, cool. Um, so with that, uh, I guess wrap this up. Yeah. Next episode is our second year anniversary episode. What the hell? Um, and we... What is time? Time is meaningless. Um, and it's a construct. (laughs) It's a meaningless construct. It's a chessboard. Time is a chessboard. It's like a box that you can't open, but there's another box inside of it. But you really want to open it. Yeah. But you the should inside but the box. <laughs> the key to the first box is inside the second box. Yeah, yeah. Time is weird like that. Um, it's just a bunch of boxes. But, uh, it's a U-Haul truck. Yeah. But keeping on the tradition, uh, we've collectively decided that we're going to cover Alien 3. Yep. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> it's the last of the semi-good ones. Yeah. And then, oh man, I hope we end the podcast before the next year. <laughs> Not likely. Oh. And uh, <laughs> when will I be free from this curse? <laughs> Never. But uh, but thank you so much for listening. We really Based appreciate off a witch it. Somewhere. <laughs> Who drives a U-Haul truck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Penny, for joining us for this episode. It was yeah. kind of it was fun having this you here. This is fun. Yeah, I think I think that brought a lot of life to the mm-hmm. podcast. So I'm pretty kooky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do more of these kinds of things in the future. Uh, maybe not just with you, obviously, but maybe Rude. bringing in Mike and <laughs> maybe even including Jordan. Who knows? We we can we can do some fun things with that, but uh, but thank Emmett's you. Always yeah, he's yeah. sleeping with his feet in the air. But uh, he was snoring. Well, he's getting lots of love today. So he's, <laughs> he's in heaven. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, do please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, Five dollars a month gets you the uh, Swamp Peep level, mm-hmm. which gives you a huge backlog of extra content. Um, Just so le- much. Yeah, a lot of the episodes of us so building or or at least discussing some of the extra builds of uh, rules and. Stuff that we've made, lots of magic items, couple backgrounds, so subclasses. Many blocks, so many things that are on fire. Yep. Um, a truck. Best. Although you can now get, uh, as of like a year ago, all of those stat blocks are now in the uh, in the uh, public folder, so oh. you can get those. All right, then. Um, but if you want to listen to the episodes or at least be caught up with it, then just $5 a month. Uh, if you don't want to swing that, dollar a month gets you the fur buddy level. Just using it as a tip jar for now. But if we do see some support, I'll definitely add in some perks and other things, yeah. whatever we can think of. And don't forget to check your Patreon uh, support at the moment because they went all wacky last month and decided to move their billing station to Ireland for tax exempt reasons. Which means that a lot of uh, credit cards were declined because suddenly there were charges from Ireland. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I know we don't have a whole lot of support from people on our Patreon here. Check your other ones. Like, <laughs> yeah, for make, sure. Make sure that you're all caught up on that stuff because uh, a lot of a uh, lot of Patreons really got hammered. Yeah, I bet. And lost I bet. a ton of support over that. That's too bad. And we should all just be really honest with ourselves. Who doesn't want to be a swampy little thing? Come on. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Endorsement. (laughs) So, um, well, cool. With that, we will see you in two weeks for the anniversary-sode. Is that what we're calling it? (laughs) Uh, I've heard it called that before. I just used it. Oops. Oops.